Man, you gotta slow down. You broke my asinitis last night. Radio Drome. Welcome to another episode of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is the oversleeper himself, Peter. I can't believe it. It's uh, it's six forty one p.m. and I'm up. Are, are you up? up? It's not even funny. <laughs> you know um, what? If if, if I, I weren't oversleep. awake, I'd be asleep right now. That's right. If I weren't awake, I would be asleep right now. And sometimes I really would rather be. Yeah. I, I overslept today's episode. Luckily, we got to we got to record later, so that's good. And Cecil won't be with us this week, and maybe not next week. He had a death in the family, so you know all the time he needs. You know, we're thinking that's of right. you, Cecil. Sorry about that. Yeah. But so sitting in for him, so we can maybe try and have a little bit of fun and a good discussion. Fred is sitting in. Hello, all my lovelies. Prescriptions for everyone. No transition. AdamandEve.com. Use the promo code Drome D R O M E, and you will get fifty percent off of a single item, three free DVDs a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping, all for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. So what we're going to talk about tonight are franchises that aren't franchises or have movies that aren't part of them. So let me break this down. It's going to go two ways. Sometimes you have a franchise where a movie is part of the franchise but was not meant to be. It was shoehorned in later. And you also have movies that were part of a franchise, but then they decided, no, we're not, and they ended up becoming their own thing. Movies that are part of and not part of franchises. For instance, I recently watched with my girlfriend the two Tales from the Crypt movies, Demon Mm -hmm. Knight and Bordello of Blood. And upon reading up on them, I found out there were other Tales from the Crypt movies that aren't Tales from the Crypt movies. For instance, The Frighteners. That was originally supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie. Oh, really? And, Is that the uh, Michael J. Fox one? Yeah, the Michael J. Fox one. That was, and in a weird way, you can see it tonally and whatnot, can't you? It Actually, kind of yeah, could kinda. fit. It just isn't, uh, I just don't recall that movie being very, very violent. Wasn't it just like PG, PG-13, or maybe? Motar. For dumb reasons, which we can talk about in a different episode. I just don't remember it being very, very violent, which I think is why I never would have put two and two together that it was meant to be Tales from the Crypt, because obviously, obviously Demon Knight and Bordello are like very, like over the top violent. The shotgun murders are what gave it the R, though. Yeah. Okay. And some of the psychosexual stuff. The MPA had a lot of problem with the ghost and the human having sex thing. Right. But yeah, visually, like tonally, for sure, I can actually, I can see that. I can put it together. Well, then you also have, now this was in the script phase, so don't think of the the version that actually came out. From Dusk Till Dawn was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie until Tarantino and Rodriguez got it. And I could, again, I can totally have seen this as a Crypt movie. That I could really see. That one has, like, that movie has EC Comics, like, written all over it. Like, that could easily be, like, a Tales from the Crypt. You could see that being, they condensed it to, like, just an hour or 40 minutes or whatever. It easily could have been an episode of the show. I didn't even go even further with uh, Petard and Green by saying I think it would have benefited from being shorter, honestly. Mm. It would have, I think the switch from gangster movie to vampire 
vampire movie would have would have been a little more impactful in that mm. you know I'm not saying a half hour like an hour let's say I, I always felt that the movie kind of drags a little bit in the middle so you would have got rid of all that fluff and yeah I think uh, minus of course because Josh and I once talked about this that yeah it would have a it'd have to have a different slightly different feel you know but they would have had it been made for Tales from the Crypt it oh absolutely been, yeah it wouldn't have been so Tarantino-esque obviously mm. and we know why it was not just because he wrote it but he was involved but yeah I could see that one completely and, and then there was a third one this one I think got its Tales from the Crypt branding pulled very late in the game and that is the Robert Zemeckis film Death Becomes Her mm. not only does the film really feel tonally like if you cut a half hour out of this it could have been an hour long crypt episode but Holy going crap it does it really does actually yes it does yeah but even more telling about how late this wasn't a tales from the crypt movie is go watch the trailer i showed the, the trailer to fred the other night the entire bed of music under the trailer is the tales from the crypt opening theme music they had already cut the trailer before they decided, no, 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 this isn't a Tales from the Crypt movie. Which also yeah. makes me wonder if this one also had Crypt Keeper segments that we didn't see, because that would be kind of interesting. Because, like, in the trailer for Demon Knight, there's a Crypt Keeper sequence where he's dressed up as Arnold attacking the police station, firing two guns, and his glasses keep vibrating off his face. That doesn't hmm. appear in Demon Knight or Bordello of Blood. So it could have just know- been shot for the, like, the trailer, just, like, promotional footage or something. But but when you look at that, you look at these three movies and you go, these were all supposed to be Tales from the Crypt movies, and they're not. Yeah, maybe it's just uh, the stuff, the Crypt Keeper stuff we saw in the trailers for those were maybe like unused segments that were going to be in uh, Death Becomes Her and stuff like that. Well, and then there was that terrible third Crypt movie that that wasn't even a real one. Again, this is going to the other angle. It wasn't a Tales from the Crypt movie, the Jennifer Grey one with Tim Curry, and they shoehorned the Tales from the Crypt intros on it to make it one in in retrospect. Mm. Well, can I say something backwards for a moment, retroactively to what we were just talking about? I think also what you have to take into account is maybe as the names got bigger with those projects, that's why they began to deviate from Tales from the Crypt. They were like, hey, these are pretty good. They would make better movies than they would Tales from the Crypt. And they they thought it would work better. You know, Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn. Those names don't exactly scream Tales from the Crypt to me. I think they maybe figured that it would be, it would sell better just as its own movie than having a I mean. sort of, yeah, yeah like, a, like a niche Tales from the Crypt thing. It's like, oh, we'll probably get a bigger audience of people who aren't just like horror fans that are going to be here to watch like a Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis sort of comedy drama movie rather than like kind of getting the little comic book fanboys of Tales from the Crypt to go see a movie and get maybe less of a, of a turnout. So yeah, I can I can see what you're talking about as far as that goes for sure. I think that's it probably also, why they, they switched it. No, yeah. I, I, I think that has to do with the fact that Bordello of Blood absolutely tanked at the box office. That There's movie that didn't too. even make back half its budget, so I think Bordello of Blood tanking gave a signal to Universal, this Tales from the Crypt thing ain't working no more. I agree, Bordello was uh, I can see that too just because because Bordello is terrible. Like, compared to Demon Knight, it's an awful film. I agree. Well, all, all I'm saying is that, look look at Demon Knight, the cast in that, which, by the way, great actors. I love them all. Oh, hell yeah. Wonderful. But we're not talking A-list box office draw actors. If yeah. You look at Bordello of Blood, Dennis Miller, Angie Everhart, I mean, Corey Feldman. 
again, not exactly A-list box office draw. Then you do a movie and it's got Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, and Meryl Streep. Directed by Robert <laughs> Zemeckis. Well, yeah, Zemeckis was that part of Tales from the Crypt, obviously. But I'm just saying, yeah, you put that on a billboard, it looks really different. Demon Knight and Bordello definitely had more of the supporting kind of stars, character actor stars. But I, that's what I love about those two, though, is it's, it's nice to see, like, William Sadler and kind of a like a hero anti-hero badass role instead of just like mm. the creepy the creepy gas station attendant that nobody likes it's, it's nice to see him like kicking ass in a leather jacket because he can pull it off he's a fantastic actor if anything his uh like his i think it's the first ever episode of the tv show is him as the prison executioner yep. and he's like narrating through it that's still one of my favorite episodes of the entire show it's fantastic yeah and chris sarandon in bordello of blood is yeah. one well, I don't think we see enough of Chris Sarandon in movies. So he, mm. even he's wonderful in a smaller supporting role in, in one of the lower movies. But then you also have, you have franchises that are made up of movies that aren't part of the franchise, like Cloverfield. You had 10 Cloverfield Lane, which was shot completely independently and was shoehorned into the Cloverfield franchise. Like that then, ending was added later, right? The, the alien yeah. thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you have what we know as the Cloverfield Paradox, which was completely shot under the title <laughs> The God Particle, and then they decided, J.J. Abrams decided, hey, why don't we use this as an origin of the Cloverfield monster? So they gave them more money to make it a Cloverfield movie, and then you have the the recent World War II zombie movie that just came out, Overlord. That was meant to be a Cloverfield movie, but after the failure of Paradox, they took the Cloverfield branding away from it. When you look at the Cloverfield franchise, you're like, this is a mess. None of these movies were meant to be part of the same freaking franchise. I think what they figured with the Cloverfield Paradox movie is that, you know, Cloverfield, um, 10 Cloverfield Lane did so well and was so well received. And I even thought like, yeah, that ending was kind of added in after, but I still feel like it, it worked with the movie. It was kind of interesting how John Goodman's character ended up actually being right that there was like this big alien invasion. It, it sort of worked despite itself. Um, despite it being like a shoehorned in re-edited kind of thing it, it's something that by all accounts and purposes should have been an entire complete mess but it ended up really working as a film i i think 10 cloverfield lane is fantastic so i think what they figured it's like okay well let's let's try to do that again let's take this god particle movie and throw the cloverfield monster into the end of it like a big cloverfield monster that ends up coming out of the clouds or whatever the f I haven't seen that one yet, but across the board, all I'm hearing is that it's just, oh, just it, it, god-awful. It is terrible. It sh it, instead of the god particle, it should have been called god-awful. Although I wonder if um, if it would have just been an all right, passable movie without the tampering. Like, I wonder if it's adding in the Cloverfield stuff that it, that uh, eventually just ruined the film. But I don't know. I have I don't really have any comment on on that one I can make just because I haven't seen it. I'm glad they didn't take the. I haven't seen Overlord yet, but I want to because it looks like Wolfenstein, so that kind of interests me. Um, so I'm glad they didn't just go and turn that into like another Cloverfield alien movie. I would rather be that about uh, what is it? It's takes place in world war ii and it's like zombies zombies or werewolves what the fuck zombies. is it is it zombies yeah i'm kind of hoping it, i was i was hearing it was going to be werewolves that would have been cooler cloverfield lane that's a really good movie and honestly the cloverfield moniker just helps you see a movie you might have skipped so yeah. i'm all for that cloverfield <laughs> the paradox oh my gosh that you know you said something you said it, it wonder if it would have been good i have to say that if it would have had let's just say the first half of it was the original movie i'm gonna say no because mm. it's science is 
really bad. There's a scene where this guy, he's like weird. It, it's surreal looking. His eye goes sideways and you're like, what's wrong with you? And it turns out these worms were all transported into his body. He would have been dead instantly. It's a silly movie. I don't like it. The thing I'm most perplexed by is how Grown Ups 2 fits into all of this. Oh, shush. What about, what about like a franchises where a sequel is just literally retitled? Like American Ninja 5. The first four movies all star Stephen James. I mean, you know, obviously Michael Dudikoff's in the first three, but you know, Stephen yeah. James is still in four. He's playing the same character. Five doesn't have anything. It was literally not even shot as American Ninja 5. It was shot as a, under a different title. And they're just like, eh, it's American Ninja 5 now. Is this even an American Ninja movie? <laughs> Who's in that one? Is it even the guy that, uh, the guy from Cyborg Cop that replaced Dudikoff? Does it even have him? David Bradley, I think is his name. I don't even yeah, remember. Brad. Oh, American oh, Ninja 5 is so bad. Or you got stuff like Extro 3. Extro 2 wasn't really made as a sequel to Extro, but they did. Ex Extro 2 was clearly just like an Aliens knockoff that they just slapped the Extro name onto. Right. Like it's but clearly at least, not a sequel to Extro. But at mm -hmm. least at least they went far enough to have some dubbed dialogue that references the events of the first movie, i.e. Mm. therefore connecting them. Extro 3, yeah. totally different aliens, totally different everything, and they just slapped the name on it. It was like, oh, it's an alien movie. Uh, it's Extro 3 now. It's funny how Extro, the, the original, was just popular enough in like a sort of a, a niche indie market that they were able to justify two kind of phony sequels to it. I, I find that funny. Just, it was just that good enough that we're not gonna do an alien knockoff or predator one. We're gonna, we're gonna continue the Extro series with these like completely unrelated movies. I, I don't know. I, I love that about the whole, uh, like Z grade market and stuff. You hit it. I think it's just, it was just popular enough to them to go, hey, we should call this Extro too. But then sometimes, like, look at Piranha 2. Piranha 2 was just made as a movie called The Spawning. And then because yeah. because the producer, Avidito Asinitis, had a relationship with Roger Corman, he was just kind of like... <laughs> is that a condition or a name? What is <laughs> I got the worst case of Asinitis you've ever seen. Man, you gotta slow down. You broke my Asinitis last night. Oh. <laughs> he, he had a relationship with Roger Corman. You know, like, I mean, that's how Cameron got to direct Piranha 2 because he'd worked for Roger yeah. Corman. Roger Corman basically loaned him out. Cameron didn't have any say in this. Asinitis was like, hey, you know what? This will probably make more money if it's Piranha 2. And Corman was like, yeah, okay. There's literally no connection other than there are piranhas in the movie. Yeah, they don't really reference the events of the first one or anything, do they? It's just, it no. just happens to be a movie about flying piranha. Fred and I were talking about this one the other night, Pumpkinhead 2. Now, Pumpkinhead 3 <laughs> and 4 at least have the connection of the Lance Henriksen cameos to at least kind of make them sequels to Pumpkinhead 1. Pumpkinhead yeah. 2, totally different mythology, different monster, different legend, different way to kill it, different appearance. <laughs> Everything in Pumpkinhead 2 has nothing to do with the other three Pumpkinhead movies. It has very little to do with it. It's really bad. I've found out it does have its fans, so okay, but I I found it nearly unwatchable. And, and it's really, it's weird. The first movie has kind of a meanness to it. Well, not just looks great. It, it's a, it's an interesting idea for a story. And mm. that's what I think works about it. The second one is just <clears throat> kind of weirdly cruel. 
and it just you just want it to end. But then what about when you have sequels in a franchise that ignore the other sequels but are sequels to other sequels? For instance, like Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 and 5. They mm. have nothing whatsoever to do with Silent Night, Deadly Night 1, 2, and 3, which all were sequels to one another, but Silent Night, Deadly Night 5 is a sequel to 4, and they share a character in common. So it's sort of like a mini-franchise within a bigger franchise? Wait, what? <laughs> That's weird. I mean, it's not like that franchise has been cohesive from the start to begin with. I mean, it started with one great film, like the original Silent Night, Deadly Night is, in my opinion, like one of the best slashers ever made. Two is a mess. It was, I think it was originally just going to be a, a special re-release of the first one, and then they decided to film new scenes around it, and it somehow became like a Frankenfilm sequel, like a, a laughable, so bad that it's that it's hilarious film. And then they just decided to make a third, a fourth, and a, and a fifth. How does the third one connect to the first two? The, thir- um, the third one stars Ricky, killer with the brain in his cage. That That's Ricky from part two, after he gets shot in the head. But he looks nothing like him anymore. Yeah, because he's, he's Bill Mosley now. Oh, oh, so that, oh, what the f***? That's meant to be that, Ricky? Th- 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 that's Ricky, man. Oh, my God. Well, all Ooh. the films are also connected by the fact that it had the same craft service people. There you go. That's it. That, that, yeah. That's the franchise. The real stars. Yeah. <laughs> the real stars the, of the franchise. The, the, the wieners on a stick just sold them, baby. Oh, yeah. But, but, but like I said, when you get to four and five, they've got no connection to the first three, but five shares a character in common with four. So five is a sequel to four, but four is not a sequel to three. This Which is getting dumb. The- was four, four or five was the, the toy maker? Five was the toy maker, four was the one with the witches. What a weird oh. franchise. Oh jeepers, this is turning into an Abbott and Costello routine. It is. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which I mean, one was four? <laughs> Which one was five though? <laughs> but, but then you, you also have the same thing with Prophecy 4 and 5. Prophecy hmm. 1, 2, and 3 are all sequels to one another. And then 4 and 5 are shot 15 years later, they're shot back-to-back, they both star Kari Wurrer as the same character, and yet they have no connection to the other three, and it is so clear when you watch 4 and 5 that these were not shot as prophecy movies. They Mm. completely change all of the lore, the couple of, and I'm going to say quote-unquote returning characters like the devil is in all of them. He is totally a different devil stylistically and everything. Prophecy 4 and 5 are a franchise under themselves, but they're not a prophecy sequels. And you're just like, why? I guess the prophecy was unfulfilled. Oh! Oh, and also the fact that 5 ends on a cliffhanger, so they were clearly intending a sixth one, and that never happened. There's another franchise that's made up of totally unconnected movies. The Curse. The first Curse movie is a bad adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's Color Out of Space. The second one is about a killer snake and was, and even the trailer doesn't have the curse moniker on it at all. It's just called The Bite. The third one is an African voodoo style mysticism movie with Christopher Lee as a villain. And the freaking fourth curse movie is an unreleased Empire film from five years earlier called Catacombs. God, it's like the, it's like the La Casa series. Like none of them actually connect. Well, I, okay, yeah, but I'm also, well, I want to leave the, the zombie series. Yeah, well, I want to leave the Italian stuff out because of all their retitlings. Otherwise, we got to worry about, otherwise we, we got to worry about Evil bit. Dead 4, Jaws 5, Terminator 2. I'm not oh, counting no. that Alien, stuff. Alien 2 on Earth. There you we go, yeah. Demons franchise. I'll let Joe yeah. Bob Briggs sum it up the best. We're going to go over this one time and one time only. All right. Demons 
was originally supposed to be part of a trilogy. Demons, Demons 2, and Demons 3. Okay, Demons 2 was basically the same as Demons 1 with some grosser zombie effects, and those were both directed by Lamberto Bava. But Demons 3 was supposed to be based on a story by M.R. James called The Church. So by the time Mahele Soavi directed Demons 3, he decided he didn't want to be associated with Demons 1 or Demons 2, even though, as I pointed out earlier, he's the actor who plays the man with the silver face mask. Actually, he has two roles in Demons 1. He's also Jerry in the film within the film. So Soavi decides his movie is better than Demons 1 and 2 so he changes his title back to The Church and releases it that, that way. So now they don't have a Demons 3. So Lamberto Bava is making another movie. We're up to 1988 now. It's called The Ogre. It was made for a TV series in Italy, and, they, and then they recut it to play as a feature film outside of Italy, and it had nothing to do with demons, but they released it as Demons 3, The Ogre, except in the countries where nobody wanted The Ogre, and so in those countries there was a movie by Umberto Lindsay called Black Demons that was also released as Demons 3. So let me review here. We're now up to Demons 3 in the series, and we have five movies, only two of which have anything to do with demons. Next, for no reason anyone can figure out, a Mahele Sawavi movie called The Sect, S-E-C-T, is released as Demons 4. Now, apparently Mahele, who didn't want to be Demons 3, now wants to be Demons 4. He changed his views after he saw the box office returns when you name a horror movie The Church. Now, I'm not finished. Lamberto Bava now remakes the most famous movie of his father, Mario Bava, Black Sunday, and it's called The Devil's Veil, only at the last minute he goes, screw that, and releases it as Demons 5, which brings us to 1989, when Luigi Cosi made The Black Cat with Urbano Barberini, and he decided, hey, everybody else is doing it, I've got Urbano Barberini, they don't, so Demons fucking 6, <laughs> then Cosi goes out and he does interviews and he says, well, Demon Six De Profundis is actually the third film in Dario Argento's trilogy that started with Suspiria and Inferno, which made even less sense because that trilogy called the Three Mothers Trilogy existed only in Dario's head. I don't think he even planned it. So by the way, Demons was made for $1.8 million, but it made such a huge pile of money that Bava and Argento immediately filmed the sequel using many of the actors who were killed in the first movie. And that film came out so fast that it played in Germany before the first Demons had been approved to play there. So in Germany, in Germany alone, which is where the story supposedly takes place, the Demons that we're watching is Demons 2. And the movie we think of as Demons 2 is Demons. You probably think I'm finished now. That would be a mistake on your part. In 1994, Mahele Sawavi makes probably his best film, Cemetery Man. Now, why are we talking about Cemetery Man? Because it appeared on DVD as Demons 95. Now, why, you ask? Why all these fake demoni? Because they're Italian. Everyone involved is Italian. So... The other thing mentioned, like with Extro, Demons did just well enough to justify nine films to have its name attached to it. That's so fucking weird. What we're trying to say, people, is it's all your fault for renting these. 
<laughs> to be fair, we all we all got to take the blame because let's be honest, we all rented them too. Yeah. I didn't see nine of them. No, I didn't. I saw demons one and two, and that was it. And I saw the third, the church, was well, but that's it. That's where oh, I. Oh, that's. I don't know if that, that doesn't really count as a sequel though. It's kind of tied in, but it's. Well, that's what we're talking. Yeah, that, that's exactly the point. Oh, None of well, them under, are actual sequels. Under, in terms of that one though, it's under just alternate title because the church is just a. It's like a Michael Sawavi film that he made as sort of a Argento tribute kind of thing. Well, okay. How about the Howling franchise, where you've got oh, okay, Howling Two is a god awful sequel to the first film, but it's at least connected. Then Howling Three Howling is its own. Is, Howling Two is god awful technically, but it's also amazing. Because where else are you going to see Christopher Lee and Red Brown acting side by side? Captain America yeah. Two. And you know, yeah, but but Howling oh. Two. Howling Two is better. Oh my gosh, what if Captain America fought the werewolves in Howling Two? <gasps> <laughs> But, like, with the Howling movies, then you got the third one, which is its totally own thing. Then you have the fourth one, which is a remake of the first movie. And well, then, the, the and then you have... Just, uh, the fourth one is just, like, a readaptation of the book, and it's, like... A super far boring. Less, far less interesting, super boring version, yeah. Technically, Seven technically connects Five and Six together by use of stock footage. So, uh, kind of a connection? Sort of? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I honestly think it should have just ended with the, uh, the marsupials one. That was actually a good movie too. Yes, it that was. That was a fine entry in the series, a perfectly fine entry. And almost in a way, it, it's kind of not even really a sequel. It's almost just like an Australian remake of the American film. Cause it's kind of, it kind of hits a lot of the same beats and it even ends pretty much the same way as the first one with the, the main character turning into a werewolf on live TV, but in, in sort of a, a different venue. Uh, puberty was hairy enough for me. I don't need to deal with these howling films watchers what about watchers yes where, where the second film is literally just another adaptation of the fucking book but it doesn't have michael ironside so it's not as good no no it doesn't but it does have beastmaster so that's almost Dang as it. good that's what i was gonna say <laughs> Beastmaster. Well, isn't it funny that, that they starred together on V, yet they're both yeah. in different sequels? <laughs> they're both in different adaptations of the same book. Well, Only that was, that was is... from The Divorce. Like, yeah. one got Watchers 2, the other got Watchers 3. But who got the better Watchers film? In my opinion, in my opinion, the Michael Ironside one is the better Watchers film. I want to do a I'm, whole I'm Watchers sure. retro at some point. We should. And then it's like that series turned into, like, by what, how many, I think there's four. There's four Watchers. There's movies, four, right? yeah. They, they turned into more of like a, I think the fourth film is like a predator knockoff, basically. It's like running and gunning yeah. in the jungle, and the monster is like bigger and has like, Almost looks like the way the the fly creature from Fly 2 looks. It's just, it completely became different, but they still attached Watchers 4 onto it. Even though Watchers 2 isn't even really a sequel to Watchers, it's just a readaptation of the same book. And then 3 and 4 are just sequels made years and years and years later after the, the first two Watchers films made be, became like irrelevant. It's, now that is a, is a weird, weird franchise. You, Cyborg, you which originally was, oh, God, going to be what? Masters of the Universe 2? Well, no. It, uh, okay, th th that story's been spun out of control over years. It was yes. when Masters of the Universe 2 didn't happen, the sets and the costumes 
were then yeah. used for Cyborg. So it's not like the script was the original Masters of the Universe 2 script or anything. Oh, it was just the production that, materials okay. were meant for Masters 2. Mm. Yeah, Albert Pune actually went to the heads of canon and said, you're just going to throw all this away, let me have it all, and I'll make a movie for you for That's awesome. way less. Yeah. But, but, but somehow that story's been spun out of control so much that this is really Masters... No, that's not that's not no. what actually happened. No, it's uh, obviously it's it's using the props and the the sets that were made. That's still interesting though that they made all these props and all these like set pieces for an entire movie and then just decided to scrap it. And it's well, Canon cool. didn't. Just... Well, Peter, Canon didn't expect to go out of business right after that. So well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then look at the cyborg movies. Two has nothing whatsoever to do with the first film. It's just a honestly pretty decent cyberpunk movie. And then three has nothing to do with one or two. And you just keep asking yourself, so you're just going to keep slapping the title onto these things, huh? <laughs> pretty much. That's it. That's the, that's what, the, the, unfortunately, that's the sad story with all of the, well, not all of these, most of these. Nemesis franchise is pretty much in the same way. Like no, the Nemesis, changed. no. Not exactly. It changed tonally, though. Yes, it changed tonally, the but they're all the same character. character. Yeah. yeah, but always played by someone different. Like Alex went from uh, Grunner, Sil- Sylvan Grunner. What the hell is his name? Oliver Grunier. Oliver Grunier. Yes, he had some Frenchy name. Because so, so, he's so French. Frenchy guy, first one, and then you've got jacked bodybuilder chick. It becomes the new Alex. Because maybe- I, I, th- I think Fred can explain this better. Fred, explain how they're the same character. <laughs> well, Alex was originally yeah. a woman, right? It was originally. Yes, that's it. Into, yeah, that's, that's in yeah. the extended the, cut of the, the first idea, Nemesis. Yes, the idea is, is that Al, in fact, there's like, even in the other cut, there's one line that kind of leans, I can't remember the line, that has been a long time, but there is one line about it. But the idea is, is that Alex has been blown apart so many times with guns, because nobody dies from a gunshot in that friggin' movie. Um, and that Alex was no, when they put Alex back together, they didn't even have enough parts. And so Alex was basically a man now just because. Why not just, what? That makes no sense. I I know. If if they could build a fucking man from scratch, why not just rebuild him as like a different woman? Well, they apparently do for the other ones because then Alex is a woman. Using, okay, not only, not only new, not only new parts, but extra parts. Let's give her ginormous lateral muscles and biceps and stuff. Let's make the biggest woman we possibly can. But but Peter, Peter. They're Peter. doing wonderful things with science these days. <laughs> Peter, you are trying to assign logic to a franchise that says robots are cyborgs and people with robot parts are androids. <laughs> yeah. So we're not talking about tight scripting here. Well, we are we are talking about some uh, very beautiful aesthetics, though. Like the first yes. Genesis looks awesome. Um, hashtag android shaming. We were talking about slapping a title onto it. In 1990, there was an ironically Canadian film called Red-Blooded American Girl. Mm. So somehow, nobody's seen this film. It barely got a VHS release. In 1997, completely unrelated movie that just also happens to be about vampires, Red-Blooded American Girl 2 comes out seven years later. And you ask yourself, what? Why? <laughs> nobody even no one even knows the first one. We've got st- stuff like the behind the door sequels. First one was an Exorcist ripoff. 
Two and three are also Exorcist ripoffs that have nothing to do with one another or the first movie. It's just mm. kind of a franchise of random Exorcist ripoffs. We're going to change change tactics here a little bit. Scripts that were not meant to be part of a franchise or were. For instance, Hellraiser 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. None of them were meant to be Hellraiser movies. They were just made Hellraiser films famously after the fact. But there are some mm. other weird ones out there. Like, until I thought about it, this didn't make sense. And then I went, when I found out that Chud 2, Bud the Chud, Chud was written as Return of the Living Dead 3, I said, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm glad we got the Return of the Living Dead 3 that we actually got, because Bud the Chud 2 is a piece of shit. Hey, it is. It has that great garbage song. Movie. It has yeah, that, that great song. Come on. <laughs> We're all going to be rocking to that one tonight, I think, after the show. Come on. Oh, oh, for sure. Absolutely. You also have this, Peter. We, when we did the best of the best franchise, none of those sequels were written as best of the best movies. None of them. But yet they somehow featured like many of the same actors. At least the one guy that the, the, uh, Philip Ree is the only dude. actor that's in all of them. Yeah. I think it was, uh, Eric. How many was Eric Roberts in? Just the two? Eric Roberts was only in the first two. You look at those, you, you, it's sort of the same thing with the Kickboxer movies. None of the Kickboxer sequels, or, or the Bloodsport sequels, none of them were written as sequels to Bloodsport or Kickboxer. They were my just favorite, other movies, and they said, ah, change some of, names. Uh, my, my favorite part of Bloodsport 2 is just the tagline for it. Bloodsport 2, the second Kumite. Yeah, no <laughs> sh- well, <laughs> truth in advertising. Jesus. It'd be like calling Terminator 2 the second Terminator movie. Okay, but then you also have other stranger ones. Like, did you ever see the Sylvester Stallone movie Nighthawks in 1981? Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. I did. Love that film. It's a good, really good movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was meant to be the French Connection 3, but when Gene Hackman <laughs> said he did not want to play Popeye Doyle again, Popeye Doyle was rewritten into Stallone's character. So Nighthawks is actually huh. French Connection 3. Same thing with... Now, this one's got a weirdly complicated history. Speed 2 Cruise Control was originally Die Hard 3. That oh, was the, the script was Die Hard 3. It was going to be John McClane on a boat. And then Under Siege came out. And they're like, well, we can't do that now because it'll look like it's an Under Siege ripoff. So it was yeah. rewritten. You know, we got the Die Hard 3 that we got. And the script Thankfully, that was Die dude. Hard 3 was rewritten into Speed 2. So Speed oh, 2 is God. the old Speed 2 is <laughs> alternate universe Die Hard 3. What a what a fantastic array of, of coincidences that gave us a phenomenal third diehard film with Samuel Jackson, and and instead we just got a forgettable speed movie because who cares? The the first speed's the only one we needed anyway. I do actually remember in Premiere magazine the blurb about John McClane being on a boat. Oh no, I do remember that. Yeah, so that is a hundred percent true. I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. All I can say regarding that is just thank God. Is that Steven Seagal's fault or not? A lot of a lot of things are Steven Seagal's fault, but I mean that's that's a whole other episode. Now this next one is going to be a little weird because Total Recall in 1990 was based off the Philip K. Dick story. We can remember it for you wholesale. Mm-hmm. And Minority Report in 2002 was based off the Philip K. Dick story Minority Report. So somehow the script for the movie we got of Minority Report was originally written as Total Recall 2. 
I'm glad that didn't happen. Total Recall is, is perfectly fine as its own standalone film. And Minority Report, honestly, isn't bad. All I could say is it was a book, and, you know, it was Minority Report is a book, and then it became a movie Minority Report. They were obviously desperate because they wanted a sequel to that movie, and it's really unnecessary. As someone who read uh, a lot of Philip K. Dick, there's a couple of other short stories that they probably should have looked at if they really, really wanted to do this. There was one story. <laughs> called it oddly enough just called recall the twist is as this guy he starts to phase in and out of things he can like put his hand through the dashboard of his car yeah other objects and it turns out he's actually a prisoner when you're imprisoned in this world when you're imprisoned in the real world they put you into this vr reality so you can live out the last of your days thinking you're free it's like more human that could have been a more interesting total recall that would have been a very cool that would have been a really good like uh visually striking kind of movie if they did it right for sure recall is a great book but then one of the most bizarre one of these is solace the jeffrey dean morgan colin farrell anthony hopkins movie where it was the original sequel to seven it was called eight e-i eight ht Anthony Hopkins' character was Morgan Freeman's character, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was Brad Pitt's character, and they were moving forward on this as a sequel until when Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt both refused, because literally you're bringing superpowers in now. Anthony Hopkins, a.k.a. Somerset, a.k.a. Morgan Freeman's character, is a psychic battling a psychic serial killer in this movie. And you go, totally the sequel to Seven we needed, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, this gritty, true crime, gut-punch movie definitely needed, like, a hokey supernatural sequel. Absolutely. I mean, Solace is actually, okay, there's a moment in it that is so stupid, it wraps itself back around to being super clever. The serial killer is a psychic, and Anthony Hopkins is a psychic. They're having a psychic duel where each one of them just keeps thinking about what they're going to do. The other one then sees that in their psychic visions and changes it so they're just thinking at each other for an action scene. (laughs) I'm not joking. That's almost brilliant. I know, that's why I said it's so dumb, it wraps back around to brilliance. That's kind of great, yeah. The Karate Kid remake. It wasn't shot as a Karate Kid remake, and it's so not not because they, it's Kung Fu, yes! They don't use karate in the movie! How could that, I think that's the worst part, it's not even that it's, it is a pretty terrible movie, but that's the worst part of it, is that they still called it Karate Kid, and it's using a completely different martial art. That alone makes me just pass it right by. That shows how how much they were pandering to, like, audience. Like, oh, come see it. It's like that classic 80s movie with Ralph Macchio, but now it's Will Smith's <laughs> kid, and we're calling it Karate Kid, but he does Kung Fu. Go f*** yourself. Yeah, and I think Jackie Chan was actually really embarrassed by this to the point oh, where I man. believe in China it was released as the Kung Fu Kid. Yeah, that's good. Him talking how he was really embarrassed by that. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like what happened with uh Red Sonia and Arnold basically getting, like, gravely underpaid because all they did was use, like, mostly B-roll footage and turn it into another Conan film. Then he realizes, wait, I only got, I only got paid for, like, a cameo role. What the f***? Ah, that underhanded shit just bugs me. What about a franchise that was never a franchise that became a franchise that was never intended to be a franchise? The Ninja movies. So you oh, have in, you had you have Enter the Ninja, and then you have Revenge of the Ninja, which are not sequels to one another, and then you have Ninja Three, and a lot of people are going the domination. Where's Ninja One and Two? 
and they don't realize it's these <laughs> other ones that aren't numbered. But then you also have you have Sho Kasugi playing a different character. The third one, he's got the eye patch and he's fighting yes. the possessed ninja. Thing that ties these films in as sequels is that Sho Kasugi happens to be in all of them, and they all happen to be canon films about ninjas, but they don't actually connect at all, other than the fact that they have ninjas in them and Sho Kasugi, which is which is what throws people off because or this was I, I guess in a way an anthology franchise. Yet the yeah. fact that Sho Kasugi's in all of them, if you're not paying attention, you could easily think his character in three is the same character he played in two. If you're not that's, paying attention to the possible. character names, that's well, possible because he's a he is a good guy in two and three. So you could just pretend it's the same guy and he maybe lost his eye at some point. Well, they show in three how he loses his eye, but yeah, you can easily go if you're not paying attention to the character names, you can easily see how he could be the same character. So this is a weird one where I'm going, this was never intended to be a franchise, but then sort of became one after the fact. I just well, like to think that every single Shokasugi movie is part of its own franchise. Like, okay, screw it. Enter the Ninja. Return of the Ninja. Ninja 3. Nine Deaths of a Ninja. What else? Black Eagle, that one that Jean-Claude Van Damme shows up in. Every single Shokasugi movie, he's playing the same character. Because, screw it, why not? Nine Deaths of a Ninja is my personal favorite Shokasugi ninja franchise ninja film. Ninja, ninja, ninja. Only a ninja can defeat a ninja. When it comes to Nine Deaths of the Ninja, I gotta say, I love Anthony Kiedis' dad. I don't know what the f*** that accent he's doing <laughs> as the wheelchair-bound, kind of Nazi with a weird Italianish accent that I don't know what Blackie is doing in that, but he is amazing <laughs> in it. Oh, I love that movie. It's just, it's nuts. It's it's completely bonkers. First two didn't even have numbers. Ninja 3 is the only one with a number. Yeah, really. Like, because you, you, you left out the actual connection why that's part three. It actually is part three in the series of Breakin' films. Uh, oh. There's Breakin' 1, Breakin' 2, and then domination that's well, what special k became a phone pole operator no uh, see, what do they call repair person because it's the see, same uh same actress from the breaking movies isn't it yeah yes. uh, lucinda dickey lucinda mm. dickey but the problem is ninja 3 was shot before breaking 2 was doesn't matter it was doesn't matter the <laughs> <laughs> like breaking 2 was shot after ninja 3 it broke new ground it yes. defied your expectations <laughs> <laughs> yes because that makes it quality now it subverted your expectations subverted dang it yeah it's ryan johnson's <laughs> earliest work <laughs> But, okay, now, Fred and I were talking about this one off mic. I don't know the story behind this one, but to me, Shock Treatment as a, quote, sequel to Rocky Horror, I I happen to think Shock Treatment's the better film. I love Rocky Horror, but I think Shock Treatment is a better film. Shock Treatment seems almost like it was never meant to be a sequel. The Brad and Janet stuff almost seems shoehorned in right before production began. I don't know the history of this one, but Shock Treatment feels to me like it was never meant to be a sequel to Rocky Horror in anything except maybe a spiritual sequel. I, I know that, you know, the idea was, I guess, though, Richard was a little ahead of the curve on this one. It was supposed to be an alternate universe, basically. The idea is you go from the wedding chapel to Rocky Horror. In the alternate universe, you go from the wedding chapel to the TV studio. So I disagree with you very much that they're just secondary. They're, they're very much the point. There are uh, there are ciphers into this very bizarre world. I, I also would slightly disagree about 
it being the better film, I think as a whole, now keep in mind, I'm not talking about the cult status or any of that nonsense. You know, everybody can love what they love. Rocky Horror, I think, works better as a film, as a whole, because the characters, their journey, their interactions, and the songs within all work to serve the whole. Shock treatment, unfortunately, is just, it, it's a little too segmented. Not all the segments work. A couple of the songs really flop hard. It's a great idea that's never fully realized, but I still like the film quite a bit and i think conceptually it's the better movie conceptually i guess then the bigger question is why does this keep happening i know what marketing people will tell you I, i've heard this on the commentaries when rick boda was talking about how you know the hellraiser movies were not hellraiser movies but they were the marketing people convinced i, I can't remember if it was just dimension at that point i think the first couple were still miramax but it might have just been I dimension think, either way it was the wine few, scenes first few were a new line weren't they I'm talking, I'm talking the direct to video sequels. Oh, okay, okay, not like the, the, one the first two. few DTVs, you know, either way, it was the wine scenes. Somebody in their All marketing right. department convinced them that they had these standalone scripts for horror movies. Mm. And someone convinced them these would work better if they were Hellraiser 5, Hellraiser 6, Hellraiser 7, Hellraiser 8. Somehow, these being now Hellraiser movies, he was against it. So was everybody mm. else. They wanted these to be, to stand on their own. And really, when you watch them, you go, these might have been okay movies, but they're awful Hellraiser sequels. I think making them Hellraiser movies made them worse films. And yet a marketing person will tell you, yeah, but more people are going to be renting Hellraiser 6 than just a movie called Debtor. <sighs> Maybe. I mean, I, th I think that's probably true. Because, I mean, I, I don't think we would know about most of the supposed Hellraiser sequels. I mean, personally, I think everything after 3 is just complete dog shit. But I don't I think, think, I think you misspoke. Be... I think you mean after two. No, I, I didn't even, I find three watchable. Like it's not, it's not a masterpiece in any sense of the word, but I still feel like it's kind of a Hellraiser movie. It fits with the first two to no, some it extent. No, it's not, not at it's all. It's watchable. Look, compared to four or five or six, it's way more watchable. I, that's just what I'm saying. That's my opinion. After the, the third film, there aren't really any Hellraiser movies other than just Doug Bradley coming back and having the pinhead makeup. It's just a pinhead happens to be in these absolute house movies. There is the one I haven't seen though is the, oh, what was it? In, was it Inferno? Is that the one that has like Lance Henriksen and it has to do with like computers or some shit? No, uh, th that would be eight. That is Hellworld. Hellworld. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Lance Henriksen's death scene is the only redeem dies. There's it's no the spoiler there. He always dies. Well, his death scene is the only reason to watch that movie. Even Fred, you got to admit, that death scene was pretty damn cool. I I I apologize. I literally purged that movie from my brain. So I, <laughs> fair I, enough. I I really don't remember it. What a stupid name to Hellraiser, Hellworld, Hell, Hell, Reggie, Hell, Demo, Hell. God damn it! Stupid. Was it not enough for 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 two two good Hellraiser films? We had to make this into a franchise. It, it's something I'm sitting where we were talking. I was thinking about this. That okay, we all know the very cynical. You know, it it's it's what draws people in. It's why mm. they rent them, and the the, fran the they know this. The marketing teams know this. That's why they do it. So it leads to a bigger question, I think, that mm. if they know audiences are hungry for this, okay, most people want to know, and what happens next? That's yeah. the nature of this thing. It's why comic books, you know, sell, TV shows go on forever. So why wouldn't you map out at least some attempt 
for something like these type of movies? Why wouldn't you even just try? If you know people want it, you know they're just going based on the name, why not just try? Why keep taking these random scripts? Sadly, I think the answer is they just didn't have writers. I mean, I really think that's just it. It does make you wonder, why not at least try? Because you think, at the end of the day, wouldn't you make more money? It's just pure laziness. I think it's just because it's cheap. They've already got some unused script. Whatever. We'll just build a movie around this and we'll slap the Hellraiser name or the Extro name or the Watcher's name or the Return of the Living Dead name onto it. I mean, Return yeah. of the Living Dead is, a, is another franchise that completely went off the rails like after the third film. Like, there's those those ones they made, they made them in the earlier 2000s, and the only thing four that connects five. them, yeah, four and five, that only connect. The only way they're connected is that they name drop the two, four, five trioxin or whatever. But they don't well, feel uh, like the, these. Okay, the Return of the Living Dead's. The, that's the only way they're connected to the others, but they are connected to one another because the Peter Coyote plays the same character in both of them. They're these are like Silent Night, Deadly Night four and five, and Prophecy four and five, where they're connected to one another, but not to the main franchise that they're supposedly a part of. Yeah. Oh, and the Tar Man appears in one of them. I, I, I still, five. I still to this day get sh from people in the comment section of my Return of the Living Dead video just because like, why don't you mention four and five? They're part of the franchise. I'm like, no, they're not. They're, they're well, off. Peter, they we're, we're going to do a Return of the Living Dead retrospective at some point, so you're going to have to watch them again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just wait till I make you guys sit through all the prophecy movies for that retrospective. I'll sit through those just to watch, like, Danzig show up for five seconds. He's only in two, and yeah, he gets killed. Just, okay, okay, well, that was a cameo. Like, oh, great. You, you barely even recognize him. He's wearing some, like, weird makeup. Well, he's a demon angel, yeah. Yeah. Most of the stuff we're talking about here is stuff that happened in the 80s and in the 90s. You don't see this as much anymore. Why do you think that is? Do you think that it's just the DTV market has changed so much? Because you don't see a lot of these past, say, 2005. You don't see this happen much anymore where, I mean, outside of like the Cloverfields, where we, we just take a movie that was not part of this franchise and say, well, now it is. Well, we don't really know whether it's uh, still still a big thing or not. I mean, the the thing with um, that made it a lot more recognizable in the '80s and the earlier earlier to mid '90s, or even like the earlier 2000s when we still kind of had video stores, is that we had video stores. We had that middle ground filmmaking, that middle class filmmaking department, where you'd see a lot more of these smaller movies that are coming out and these sequels to you know a movie that originally came out in like 1970 and had two sequels, and all of a sudden it's got like three four and five that were made in like the mid 80s and the early 90s that just slapped on uh the title of of the original film just to attach it by name we yep. could still be getting a lot of these i mean they're just kind of coming out very very independently probably on streaming services or or torrent sites or whatever just very very small independent likely foreign markets that we're just not seeing because we don't have access to something like the video store anymore where you'd, you'd see things like that a lot easier so i think it's proof that it's still happening when you look at the um with the with the cloverfield situation like that's still they tried to make that overlord movie into one we had two other films that were originally not cloverfield that were turning to cloverfield and that's pretty high profile so i'm pretty sure this is still happening with like smaller franchises and and like lesser tier films that came out in the 80s or the 90s that are still getting sequels we just don't really know about them on the same level as we used to because we used to have more of an 
accessible venue to it. Video stores, I remember, like back in the day, seeing Prophecy 3 advertised in a poster outside of a video store. Yeah, so exactly. You're, you're not going to get that in a direct-to-video market or streaming now, although they are still doing it because Tremors 6 just came out last year. There you just go. Just last year. So they are still, and those are connected, but I'm saying they still do it. There are some, I can't think of, there's one other, and I just can't think of the name of it, but there is a few of them. It's just done a little differently. Yeah. And I think there's there's also, we need to pick on Albert Pugh in a minute here. Uh, Sometimes you oh just no. need to leave well enough alone. Now, he didn't direct Nemesis 5, but he did produce it and gave the okay. Now we have a shot on commercial grade videotape with porno movie acting, a fifth Nemesis movie. Oh, no. No one was asking for. We also now have a cyborg prequel called Rise of the Flesh Eaters that was shot mostly against a green screen that looks like something Doug Walker would have been ashamed to put his name on. And Albert directed this, and you just go, why? Why are you doing this? Now we just need a sequel to his Captain America movie. Because I need more Captain America robbing old men and stealing bicycles from children. Well, you, you've actually sort of, I mean, except for the new one that just came out, you've asked me this before. It's the same question. I, I, asked, I don't really have an answer for you because I, I, Albert's sick. That's the same answer as before. He's not well. He does this to keep his mind as sharp as he can. It has yeah. nothing to do with movies anymore. I don't care if it's what keeps him somewhat solvent mentally. I'm all for it. And I wish him and his wife the best. Yeah, I think it's kind of wrong to pick on him at this point. Like the guy is. I'm not sick. picking on him. I'm picking on these movies don't even, these movies look like YouTube remakes. Oh, of no. his actual movies. They're like, embarrassing be, be to have the titles. Yeah, these things are embarrassing to be titled as part of the Cyborg and Nemesis franchises. Which already have, like, some uh, very, very uh, questionable sequels to them already. So it's, it's, and, and in it fact, just continues to slander the name of the films. And in fact, it's so name-slandery. Cyborg Rise of the Flesh Eaters was originally shot as a movie called Badass Angels and Demons. Oh, no. It was only made into a cyborg movie after it was done shooting. <laughs> that, that, I think that's unfor, I don't, okay, he made the movie as Badass Angels and Demons. Fine, keep your mind sharp. Yeah. Why is this a cyborg movie now? <laughs> Just because. Because men, medical bills are high, dude. Franchises that are not meant to be franchises and movies that were supposed to be part of franchises but are not. I hope we open some people's eyes to go, huh, now that you say that, I can kind of see it. Like Nighthawks, I can see as French Connection 3. Chud 2, I could see that as Return of the Living Dead 3. So I hope we open some people's eyes. On that note, where can people find the Fred? On the ethereal plane, as always. Where can we find the Peter when he wakes up on time? I never wake up on time, but you can find me on Twitter at Zinematica, where I basically just shit post on Twitter, other than the occasional when I post a video. Uh, Facebook, The Cinemasticist, for actual updates on my show and what's going on. On YouTube, of course, Cinemasticist. On Patreon at Zinematica, I make stuff. Third base! <laughs> Who's on second, though? I don't know. I'm asking you. It's Ricky. It's Ricky. We it's Ricky. It. Which but. Ricky? Ricky O Ricky or Silent Night Deadly Night Ricky? You can find me at 1201beyond.com. You can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold.
Have a good night. Trust me, you don't need to talk to me about something. Please just go. Really, you don't need to be honest with me. You don't need to see me now. Just go. I am not gonna die in peace when I go. There you go. How proud her friends must have been of her when they bother to think of her. And there you go. There is no need for you to be honest with me. Married I'm not. I'm tired of nuts. No. People like show people, at least not any people I know. You look like someone someone else would think is attractive. How's that work? Me and doors have a good understanding in the event of my unfortunate death. People always like a ball when you're dead. Isn't that what you said? Where'd you go? Paranoia is just good common sense. You think you're the exception? Do you really think so? I like the way you touch yourself. It's a real turn on, please go on I don't have a problem with magic beans And can quit whenever I want You look like someone someone else would think is attractive How's that go? I don't need you to be honest with me Please just, please just, please just go Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.